What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a new Triathlon Mockery special podcast, because today we're going to speak about EPO. I'm sitting here with Thomas Decker, who has got a, well, firsthand experience with uh, everything about EPO. Yesterday, there was a podcast release with uh, um, Colin Chartier with his uh, statement why he used the EPO. Um, and, uh, well, I had just so many questions. Is it possible he did it that he did it on his own? Um, did he buy it on the internet? Did he gather all the information? Um, well, I'm going to talk to Thomas and, and speak about his experience and what he thinks of this uh, case. And hopefully um, we get some insights um, Apart from that, many many said yesterday that it's a very, very sad day for the sports. Um, and I've been thinking, I'm not really sure to think of it because um, maybe it's also a good thing for the sports saying that it's good that an organization like Ironman comes out with a case like this and doesn't really muffle it under the carpet. Um, and it shows you that nowadays it's still a big problem because we haven't had this in triathlon. Everyone was always saying, is triathlon really that clean? Is no one using EPO? And everyone is shocked. Are we? So I really think it's good that Ironman makes a statement and comes out with a case like this, and hopefully um, um, they'll continue. And whenever a massive name uh, comes out with a positive test, they won't, uh, um, yeah, cover it up. Because, um, Thomas, when yes. you heard this case, what, what do you think of it? Triathlon, the clean sport. So um, for uh, for the people, I was like a professional cyclist, and cyclist is uh, cycling is famous uh, because of all the doping cases we had, like maybe the last fifty years. So uh, it's a pretty pretty big thing in cycling, and uh, these days everything comes out. So also in other sports, uh, the testing gets more professional. You have out of competition testing. When I was a pro cyclist, uh, it started in uh, 2008 when you had to fill in your whereabouts. That means that you have to fill in like seven days a week where you wake up, um, where you're staying at. And, and that makes cheating in sport more difficult But because the, the people who control you, they can come to your house um, on, a, on a moment that you don't expect it. Uh, this was an out-of-competition test for me personally. I also got positive for an out-of-competition test. Um, why would you go uh, testing if you know that you did something wrong so you can get a positive test? For me, it was uh, because the substance that I uh, got positive on, they couldn't find at the time. So they, for me, they went back in time and they checked my urine sample again. And then they found out that I used because EPO. You got tested in 2007. Yes. And they used that sample in 2009 with new technology. Yes. And that's how you got a positive test. Exactly. So the question rose, why did Colin Chartier open his door when he knew he had EPO in the system? And with nowadays testing, you know they can find it. There are a few things possible. So he was just surprised and he didn't think about the consequences and he was shocked that they were ringing his door. Or um, the people who came to his house saw him already. And when the control people see you and you have like eye contact, uh, they know the person, then it's difficult to run away because that looks really uh, strange. Mm -hmm. So those are the two things that happened uh, could could have happened. And um, we never we never know. And he already made a statement, but I think he uh, didn't tell the whole story. Because there are so many questions, like mm -hmm. we are talking now about this, uh, what happened that day. Uh, it's also really strange that he was using EPO in uh, the end of February 
um, his first important race uh, you mentioned to me uh, was going to be Ibiza mm-hmm. at the beginning of May. So it's it's strange to use EPO in February because that makes, um, yeah, you have to use EPO for a longer time. Uh, you can train harder, but it's better to just use it just before Ibiza and stop and then have a good result over there. And you suffer through training in May of in February, March, April, and then maybe mid mid April you start using EPO just to be really good in the Ibiza. So you only use EPO for a short amount of time before a race, then you're off and you start using it again before a race. It's like in the nineties when EPO came up, um, people were using also EPO in the winter because you can train really hard for a long time. But with all the testing and out-of-competition tests, it would be really strange to do it already in February because you take a high risk to to uh, to get caught. And what, what does EPO exactly do? So, it- so um, we have like um, five liters of blood in our system and one and a half liter uh, of, uh, of the five liters are red cells. So red cells are the oxygen for your body. So mm-hmm. if you have more red cells, um, you can go, you can dig deeper but you also recover and uh, triathlon is uh, a sport where you have to make many hours a week. So recovery is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. If you do like three sports, like swimming and running and riding your bike, uh, it makes uh, a huge difference when you recover from those sessions. And uh, when you have to get in like 25, 30 hours a week, uh, it makes a big difference if you can recover like really fast. Mm-hmm. So what would be the reason that he would use EPO in February then? He said he said he started using EPO in November. Yeah. And then he caught it in February. Why do you think he used it in the off season to train all winter with uh, So I think there is a lot of ignorance still um that people uh, don't know how to use it. Um for me personally um he had to, he is using it for a longer period um so i don't know if he is on the adam system uh, the adam system means that you have to fill in every day where you are or that they were really trying to find him so they know where he was living or he was moving through social media and uh the, it was a test when they targeting uh him mm-hmm. um those questions um yeah uh, those are simple questions for for him to answer was he on adams um Adams is the same system as whereabouts. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. The, where the whereabouts system. And you have to fill in online or an app uh, where you stay, or where you sleep, so people can uh, find you and uh, give you some, some testing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the strange thing is, uh, because I'm not really into triathlon, my only relation with triathlon is you, because mm-hmm. you are my friend. And uh, I know a little bit more because, uh, yeah, we are in each, in each other's lives. Um, but for me, it's really weird. This this guy had like a really good season last year. Uh, you told me that he was winning one of the hardest uh, uh, triathlons of the year. Yeah. And um, so his his reasoning was so he had um, he won Ironman Montremblant. He uh, won uh, one of the PTO races in Dallas, which is one of the three. I would say biggest races, absolute stacked field. And if you can win a race like that clean, you're absolutely on uh, one of the top athletes yeah. in the world. Um, then he said he was doing Kona and he had, an, he had a shocker of a race. And um, he was just really disappointed in himself. He couldn't compete with the best in the world. He got an injury. And that's why he fell to the last case scenario uh, using EPO uh, to get back on the saddle and uh, be 
be like the best in the world because yeah. he also thought the best in the world were using EPO. And I'm saying this because that's what he said in the podcast with us. Yeah. And we're going to that subject a little later. Uh, so for the people who are listening, um, when I got positive for doping, it was three days before the Tour de France in 2009. And I made a statement too, because you have to make a statement. And it was kind of a big thing in Holland. Uh, and the thing that I said that I only did it once and mm -hmm. was completely bullshit, but it was the only thing that people advised me around, uh, around me. I did like a television interview, um, uh, for the, for, for Dutch television. And I said, like, I did it on my own. Nobody knew from it. And I, um, did it only once and it's completely not true because it would be a big, uh, coincidence if you uh, get positive for doping and they catch you the first time you did it mm -hmm. that sounds a little uh, silly uh, in hindsight so um he had like a great season this guy and he won uh some 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 big races um yeah for me it would be totally weird if he only started using it last winter so um Going to his uh, LinkedIn page, he uh, he went to the Marymount University undergraduate researcher and it says, Colin is the lead researcher working with Dr. Michael Nordfall in the study hemoglobin, hematocrine, atropometrin alterations during competitive travel and cross-country season. He's responsible for the design, collection, and statistical analysis of the study. He has experience in blood sample collecting, micro hematocrit monitors, skin fold caliper testing, bi-a body composition machines and working with human subjects. So it does sound like he's got basic knowledge, so there's knowledge about this. He probably um, knows way more than I do about it because if you tell me this story, he, he researched exactly what he, uh, what, what he was doing in, in practice. He was practicing what he was preaching. Yeah. So he did a lot of research and uh, he knows more about this subject than probably we do. Um, so this guy knew exactly what he was doing. So that makes a big difference. If you do, you think it, with that in hindsight, it is possible that he was operating on his own. Um, now it's, it's the same if you you're you're cheating on your wife or your husband. Um, most people want to tell the story to some friends. So when I was doing it, uh, a lot of people around me knew what I was doing and everybody thought like, yeah, be careful, but you know, cycling is a tough sport. Everybody is probably doing it. Mm -hmm. The same old story. Um, so probably there were some people involved. Um, just to get the EPO, um, when you live in America, uh, it's always easy to get some prescription. Um, some doctors want to make money, but it's also easy if you travel to Mexico and you get some uh, some uh, pharmacy over there and you can buy it off the counter. So there are many possibilities. Uh, he already did a lot of research, so he didn't need uh, a lot of people. Um, but if you use EPO, you also have to, you have to give yourself injections with iron, with bivitamins, uh, bi uh, mm -hmm. um, just to, that's the fuel of the EPO. So the EPO can work better in your body. So this guy was a specialist. So the story that nobody knew uh, is maybe true, maybe true in his professional uh, environment mm -hmm. that the people who was uh, his yeah. coach, uh, the people who we uh, were training with mm -hmm. uh, didn't know. But most people have the urge just to share the story because it's kind of a big story just to do on your own. 
Yeah. You'd say uh, it's the nurture of the human being to share stuff like that, cheating. Yeah. We always were like, yeah, we always want to share things. Yeah. Um, And always the things come, most of the time come out because you talk too much about it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in an environment where everybody is doing the same, when I, I was doing that thing, uh, I was in a, a big Dutch team, Rabobank. It's the biggest bank of Holland. And they had a professional cycling team. And in that team, everybody knew. Yeah. Uh, because that was how, how it was going these days. Do you think... Um, I do think a lot of athletes are, uh, are, are clean in the sports and also want to believe it. Yeah. Because it's not good for the sport. That uh, um, Because every time a race will come up, and someone will come up with a massive achievement, you start doubting yeah. them because of uh, cases like this. Um, he didn't have, well, go, going off the fact he's an American, he only lived in Girona, he lived in, in Spain, Girona, trained with other athletes. I don't think it's very likely um, that he shared it with uh, uh, other professional athletes. Um, as I do think, or hope to think that there's not a lot, lot of doping in yeah. triathlon. So when, we, had, we had the podcast like last summer in yeah. August when we were training in Fontromeu and you were preparing uh, Almere and Joe was preparing some races. And we had a podcast about doping. And for me, triathlon is the most easy, of the, it's, it's the sport where it benefits the most if you do something with your blood. Because you don't have many uh, races a year. You have maybe three or four highlights maximum. Um, so if you can prepare in those periods uh, with EPO or blood bags, it can make a, a significant difference uh, and you can be really better prepared if you do that. Um, so triathlon is a good sport to use doping because the intensity, the long hours, um, not many races a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy uh, to do some uh, EPO or uh, something with your blood. Especially for athletes that aren't on uh, systems like, for example, whereabouts. Yeah. I'm not on whereabouts. Yeah. I'm not like a high-profile athlete. But Joe, for example, told me la- uh, in the podcast that we recorded yesterday that Sam Long, uh, well, one of America's uh, uh, top, top athletes, won a lot of races, has been taken off whereabouts by his federation. Yeah, and it's the most ridiculous thing ever, you know. He like, also says it's ridiculous. Yeah, like he wants to be on there, and so that makes like if one of the top athletes uh, doesn't need to be on that system, what sport is it then? A serious sport because you know there is money involved in triathlon. There is attention. There are sponsorships. Um, so if you uh, can cheat the system, uh, it can uh, benefit. Uh, benefit. It's easy to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get more sponsors, you get better results, you have a better uh, motivation just to do things that are not allowed. Um, one thing that I uh, um, want to know is, uh, so there is, uh, um, he said he started using EPO, of course, in November. He doesn't want to say that he used before because he has to pay back a lot of prize money. Yeah. Probably sponsorship. I understand that. Uh, but I think most people who listen to this podcast, um, for my for my personal opinion, it's the biggest bullshit ever. Yeah. If you win those big races with like strong, uh, strong uh, triathletes around you um, and you did some... Um, uh, research on the subject of EPO and stuff, and you're completely 
tuned into that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you just told me when is when you read this LinkedIn. Um, it's always the same story. I started uh, after the big results. I started after an injury. We all know the excuses, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it's a bullshit story. There's just one thing uh, um, that, that I'm, for example, really curious about. So, uh, well, actually, it's, it's, it's two things. I 100%, uh, oh, well, I can't say 100%, but I do believe his, uh, his coach, uh, uh, Michael, and, and uh, uh, partner coach Olaf are, are uh, not involved in this and don't want to put their names on the line uh, yeah. for a story like this. You know, they're, they're, they're out there doing a shitload of testing. But there is a question I have. Um, we spoke with, with Olaf back in, in uh, September or August. August. And he was saying that they're doing like testing. They're testing yeah. every fart, like literally They have everything. like 2,000 parameters uh, to check. And it's the most probably most professional training system in the world. And um, they have some really nice results. Uh, we all know uh, they can win the short distance on the, at the Olympics, but mm-hmm. they, also can, they also can win Kona. So that's like a far stretch of the body. And uh, I had an interesting night when we were having a, uh, in Fontremeux and I had a conversation of more than an hour with Olaf and he explained me that they can really easily see if there's something wrong and somebody is doing uh, okay. some doping. Based on the parameters. Based on the parameters, uh, there's a system uh, that they can measure and it's really techno- uh, technical to explain, uh, but they can see if somebody is using EPO. Exactly. So the question I have is, um, can they, if they did all the, so if they do all the testing that they say they're doing, yeah. can they go back in time and check all the blood data they've got from Colin yeah. and prove that he is right, that he didn't have uh, weird hemoglobin or hematocrit levels. Yeah, and, all, um, and other parameters or, because or they have so many. Exactly. Can they say, we didn't know, we didn't see anything strange. Uh, they were out on a training camp together in March uh, in Boulder when Colin already knew his test had failed. All of was there anyway. Did they do some tests in there and thought, well, this is weird? Or didn't they do any tests? I don't know if there's a difference between the Norwegian guys and the, the foreign guys. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Olaf probably cares more about the Norwegian guys. Yeah, so definitely. maybe they're better tested or they have better uh, better uh, uh, circumstances them, in a way and with them results can we then say um, now in hindsight yes uh, they also saw it they didn't know he was doing EPO but he was doing it back then and thus needs to pay the price money back to the athletes who deserve it um, if you would give me if, if, if there's a blood passport and there is because this guy is researching um, um, the whole system uh, uh, in a way. So if you do EPO, like when I was doing it, I was always doing a test. So how did it help? Uh, how did it increase my numbers? And um, if you would give me those numbers of all those races through the year, and even with altitude camps and stuff, uh, I could easily say this guy is doping. Mm-hmm. Because it's not rocket science in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. If you do maybe the microdosing, you do like uh, like low numbers of EPO, um, you can maybe uh, cheat the system a little bit. But in a way, if it really helps, and this guy is winning races, 
Um, so he's on, on the top level. So probably uh, it's easy to detect um, um, if he did something wrong. Uh, when my blood passport was not okay, that was in 2009, uh, just before the Tour of Swiss, I went to the UCI, so this, the, the Cycling Federation, and I had a meeting with a doctor at the time, Zorzoli, and he explained me that I was 99.9% suspect of doping. But they couldn't pro prove it for 100% because it's a, like, it's a gray area. Um, so if you can see his numbers, it's probably easy to detect because they also already could detect that in 2009. Now, the Norwegian system is the most advanced training system in the world. And uh, that's what Olaf is saying. And a lot of other sports want to use uh, the system, but they He's a triathlon fan, so he does it with the. Uh, it it the... could be that that Michael wasn't, uh, uh, or, or I mean that Colin wasn't getting all these tests. No, it also could be like that Michael uh, uh, gave him only some training schedules, yeah, yeah. and that he was not exactly in the same system as the Norwegian guys. Yes, well, I don't, I don't believe uh, uh, he wants to put his. I mean, he's a he's a young coach. Uh, he wants to put his. Uh, he's a uh, relatively uh, well. He's a successful coach. Uh, relatively young, um, that he doesn't want to put his name on a line for, or, or for a case like this. I don't, I don't believe that, but I hope they can provide some data uh, uh, where we can go back in time and saying, yes, that is off. And yeah, because, you know, it, it sounds maybe uh, that it's an honest story. Uh, I put a statement. I all did it alone. Uh, I'm never going to get back in, in the sport. And uh, this is the end. But if you want to have a nice future, and I know that, Because in 2016, I wrote a book about it, about my career and exactly what I was doing. And it gave me a lot of relief afterwards. So the story doesn't finish for him now. In a, in a few years, he's going to think about it. And he probably, want, when he wants to continue his life on a nice way, he has to provide some more information. You know, how did the testing end up? Why did, it, why did he go to pee if he knew that he was doing EPO? Um, And we don't believe the story of, I don't believe the story that he only did it this last winter, because if you're such a good athlete, you'll also have a lot of confidence because you can win those big races mm -hmm. uh, without doping. Why would you use it if you just have a small tendonitis? And tendonitis, you can put some cortisone in it, you take some rest yeah. and you recover, you know, and the most important race in triathlon is in September. Yeah. Uh, so you have still have a lot of time. And if you have an injury, that's also what athletes have you know exactly, like yeah. uh, it's you, part of the process it's part of the process it's yeah. uh, you know you fall 10 times and you stand up like uh, 11 times so that's that's how a professional athlete thinks um so i would suggest for him and maybe that's now too early just be open about your story and uh it, it's not finished now even if you think your life is over there is still a long life and many years ahead of this guy And everybody deserves a second chance, maybe not in triathlon, but just in life, just to mm -hmm. be a happy person. And everybody makes mistakes. Um, so it's easy to be like really hard on him. And I think uh, if there's so many questions, we need to ask those questions. But he's the key. Uh, he has the key in his own hand just to have maybe a better Absolutely. life. Yeah. And uh, to be completely honest... And uh, it's always a, a difficult thing because do you need to pay the price money back? Are you going bankrupt if you're going to be um, uh, honest? Uh, I don't know. I don't think there are many rules that you have to pay your money back or stuff like that. Um, 
but I would suggest to him just make an honest statement. And um, he said some few interesting things. He thinks that everybody in triathlon is using doping. So that's his mindset, except for the Norwegian guys. So Jan Frodeno is using doping uh, for him because he said like all the top guys in the world using doping. And that's a big statement to make uh, because you don't know what people do at home. And uh, a lot of people also in cycling, they never did doping. So uh, it says something about his mindset. That's what he believes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wants to make a small note on the side. And he said, like, my Norwegian friends are not doing it. So, you know, that doesn't make any sense. It's... Um... I think yeah, he he needs some time to come out with oh, yeah. uh, some some uh, in order to uh, you can- a controversial question. Have you got sympathy for his case? So after you've done it, you've actually had the exact same case. If you hear a story like this, do you feel any sympathy, or would you say? Yeah, of course I do because like I'm an example. Uh, it always it nearly killed me. You know, I was like suicidal at a young age when I uh, got caught for doping. I never thought about the consequences, how big it could be. Um, so there's always sympathy for everyone in the world. You know, there are like way worse things in the world. We are talking about sports. Well, and yeah, of course he's cheating and he's, get his, he's getting his penalty. Um, but, you know, it's it, ma- it makes... More murder and rape and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, of course. On every level, there's there are worse things in life. But um, he's going to pay the price. He's paying the price now. Um, but, um, he can make it a little easier just to, to stop with the bullshit and, uh, maybe he can do that in a year or in six months or in five years. But if you want to move on in life, just provide the story for yourself, uh, for the people around you, for the triathlon fans. Um, because if you want to solve something in sport, there needs to be completely transparency. And uh, completely transparency makes a difference in the end. If you can explain the system and you can tell the story, what is happening, what was happening in my head, uh, why I made those decisions, uh, you know, we all know that it's not a decision because he had an injury. No. No. Is this just the tip of the iceberg? Uh, but I just said before, triathlon is probably one of the most uh, hard sports in the uh, in the world, so um, there, there are probably many people who are using doping. Uh, many people are not using doping. Uh, we just don't know. But if the system is so weak that the biggest athletes in the world are not on whereabouts, um, you give a, a big window to cheat. Yeah, that for sure, um, for sure is. Um, well, I haven't got any uh, any uh, other questions. I uh, I hope if you're uh, uh, again, if you're listening to this and you're on EPO, <laughs> I hope you're stressing out <laughs> and uh, they're coming after you. Anything else you'd like to... Uh... Yeah, I think uh, Ironman is such a big uh, company, as a, a company where they make a lot of money. And if they really want to kill it and you want to um, have the results on a nice way, I think everybody who's competing in the, in, in, in the pro league, mm-hmm. um, there must be a system... And they can provide the money uh, that you only can be in the results if you're on whereabouts. That makes it easier. If people can come 365 days a year to your house, mm-hmm. uh, it makes a huge difference uh, to catch people. And um, I think if you're not doing that, you still have a long way to go in this sport. 
there are still, with regards to get to that, uh, a long way to go. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, coming out with a case is, is a start. And uh, um, yeah, I think behind the scenes and after all the things that's going on in travel in the last two days, um, there's definitely uh, steps that's going to be taken in the, into the right direction. Yeah, baby steps, because it's a new area for probably a triathlon. Um, but at least there's something out now. And now is it, what, what are you going to do about it? And um, how are you going to see the future if you're a triathlete? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for now, um, thanks for listening. I hope it uh, gave everyone a bit a bit more insights in uh, in this case. And uh, um, yeah, for now, we uh, we got to move on and, and think about the positives, uh, the beauty in the sport. Um, in the end, it's the journey. It's about getting better every day, getting the best version of yourself. And uh, um, well, I'm going to get changed in my cycling kit, and we're going to have go out for three hours. Yeah, and it's not the best weather in Holland, so it's, it's six it, degrees. It, I like to complain about it every day. Tom is like a like a weather specialist. So <laughs> it's the end of end of April, still six degrees. I haven't I haven't seen the sun in months, but uh, I'm, I'm, I've been through depression. I'm still not on EPO, so uh, I could say there's yeah, a chance for everyone. <laughs> they're waiting in the right direction. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you back with a normal episode next week.